Welcome you to another episode of Porch Talk. It has been some months since we have been in this room. The last time it was with Taylor Hollinsworth before he played a show here. We're at Druid City Brewing in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, so let me go ahead and get this out of the way. Roll tight. Roll tight indeed, sir. And I have uh, the owner of Druid City Brewing, Bo Hicks. Bo, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to come by. Um, I've loved what you've done. It was a pleasure to meet you that first time with Taylor. He's one of our favorite uh, people, and just his history is so varied and so awesome. It's you know always a, a blessing to have him here, and you know yeah, that, that was awesome. Definitely not a show I was going to miss. Yeah, no doubt. Dude. <laughs> so we're we're here to talk a, a little bit about Druid City Brewing, and uh, when I tell people about this brewery when they're out of town, I always try to get a crowler or a growler. Be like here. You gotta try this IPA or porter, <laughs> and also I consider it to be the mecca of the local music scene. I love with the open mic and the people that you draw in here. You know, that's something that I'm really proud of too. I mean, as things evolve, and especially music in Tuscaloosa. I mean, but I think also everywhere. You know, there's peaks and troughs, and you know, if there's not people and, and that are in it to support music, like. We can't pay a lot of acts what I wish we could. Yeah. But what we can do is make it a good quality of live show. We want to take care of the artist. Our crowd, we've been blessed with people that want to listen and then want to support them. But also, the you know, some of the older clubs that used to do it. I mean, it goes back to, you know, the Chuckers not here anymore. Egan's is sort of pitching a different vibe now. They are. Green Bar is no longer gone. And so... You know, what me and Tyler Marshall, who helps me book here, um, our thought is if we find it musically valuable, then we want to support it. And we've developed, you know, so many great relationships. I mean, we really love helping traveling bands. Like, yeah, y'all come on. We'll feed you. Uh, we'll have people that will listen to you. We'll find you a place to stay. You know, and it's those things that I learned even in my early days when I was still able to tour and play and stuff mm-hmm. that was... You know, it can make all the difference in the world if you're trying to build a following of, you know, people like showing you that kindness. And we've been really lucky to, you know, really have people come embrace that. And that's something that's near and dear to our hearts. Like, I'm really proud of the beer that we make here. I mean, I make it. Yeah. But also, I'm really proud of the community, especially supporting music that's come up around that. Yeah. And I'll say this, just even with the COVID-19 and the the quarantine, Jameson Hubbard and all those guys that are still putting on the open mic through their Instagram. And I, I was like, this is unreal. Like the music scene here at Druid City Brewing refuses to quit. No, I mean, that, it made me so proud, right? That's what gave me the idea to do um, the quarantines shows that we've been doing to where we pay an artist to like, hey, we're going to make you an editor of our Facebook. Yeah. I know this is going to sound weird. And, you know, some of them are musicians that are, um, pretty well off like John Calvin Abney not that he's well off but you know he's um, man why am I blanking on a um, Oklahoma guy uh, okay. he was two weeks ago right yeah he was uh, John Calvin but the, the guy that he's the guitar player for I saw him at Sloss Fest uh, bigger guy oh. big beard uh, anyway he's awesome um, but it's also that like they had been doing, or even Lee Baines, they had been doing their own live streams. But eventually, you know, you're you're preaching to the choir there, and so we wanted to be able to pay artists 
to play a show and make it like a show. Like you play it, and then we delete it after that. Like you, you have to be there to you see. Had, this, yeah. You have to see the show, yeah. right? And I, I think that was sort of a foreign concept to a lot of people of like, why are you during all this paying artists and then taking it down? Uh, yeah, yeah, because. I wanted it to be like a show, and it seems counterintuitive to where when your sales are down, you know, 85% that, hey, we're going to double down and pay bands, but, you know, every time we did that, we sold more beer that day to people that wanted to come by and get a crowler, take it home, and then watch Watch the the show, show, you know, get it curbside. So, you know, it was not... You know, yes, we wanted to support it, and that's why we did it. But also, it just showed me that people are there. If you give them original music, if you give them something that they want, they are willing to support it, even in the crazy world that we've been in. You know, they'll come by and get a growler yeah. and then take it home. So that was something that, like, just plum, plum uh, warmed me up. Yeah, in, like, Taylor Hollinsworth and... Uh the other guys that you've had on just Taylor just because I've seen him here and I've experienced it here and then like just him and his house over the the live stream you know it it felt yeah it feels intimate even though it's distant and I mean that's something that we've had you know with shows here it's it's intimate (laughs) there there ain't no way around that yeah but it was also like really adorable to see his kid get involved and play shaker Um, you know before all this I had a neighbor give me a 59 Hammond organ and it's in storage and I kept meaning to bring it to Taylor because he's going to put it in his uh, studio down there and he's like you know in standard Taylor fan like yeah, yeah bro yeah. you know I'll play that but man um, you know Taylor he always just blows my mind from like I saw a show Bright Eye show at like a uh, VFW hall or it was something weird like that like maybe it was a Mason's Hall in Birmingham back in the early 2000s and it was Macy Taylor yeah. his like brother-in-law and then Taylor Hollingsworth far too many Taylors because um, <laughs> he's married to Kate Taylor yeah <laughs> and he was part of the backing band and even you know things like that Better Oblivion uh, Community Center album that came out that was Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst they covered one of Taylor Hollingsworth's songs it was Domino yeah man that and that song is beautiful I'm like um so, and you know, it blows my mind the amount of people that I'm lucky enough to have spent time around. Um, you know, I feel really lucky and I'm glad that, you know, it's weird. There is some appreciation for Alabama music and people like single lock records, things like that up in Florence. Cornelius Chapel. Yeah. And then, you know, they're really doing a lot of work um, to... To make those bands, you know, well known, but still, oftentimes there's so many good people that can just flow under the radar, and you know, I feel Taylor's one of those people that deserves to have a bigger, especially as prolific as he's been, and the different incarnations. Yeah, that's what's crazy is like uh, just after having him on the podcast, and I play Taylor's music more than any other artist on this show. Is you know just the feedback and the response is like. That's the guy from Bright Eyes. <laughs> that, that's the guy from Dexatines. That's yeah. that's the guy from you know. Yeah, I was from, like from Dead you, Fingers. You probably know him from a lot of different yeah. things. From the Sweet Dog Experience. Yeah, yeah. 
freaking sweet dog, you know, the standard Hunter S. Thompson, too weird to live, too strange to die, man. Like, uh, the first sweet dog experience show was actually at uh, me and my wife's wedding. We, we got married uh, at the courthouse and then just had a big party out at a, a lodge yeah. at Bee Branch between uh, here and uh, um, the past Cottondale a little bit before Colon. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was just a fucking rock show and it was so much fun. It was just Sweet Dog and Taylor, you know. Yeah, just like he was here that night. Yeah, man. The, the hell. Hold it down. Giving it the old community college try. Go Bucks. <laughs> Best five years of my life, Shelton State. A hey, year and a half. <laughs> hey, so let's. You're not originally from Tuscaloosa, are you? Not from Tuscaloosa proper. I'm originally from Birmingham. Um, I was born in St. Vincent's, just a stone's throw from the Nick. So maybe that uh, wafted over on me a little bit. But in third grade, uh, we moved uh, my family's. I don't mean it to sound bad, but kind of compound like the grandmother's house was on a hill yeah and then it's aunt 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 you yeah. know the, the, the house that i grew right yeah there. yeah out in the middle of just goat fart nowhere alabama and so there wasn't a lot to do out there so you know i was a kid out there and i got really into you know early like grunge stuff you know and by that i mean 1993 when nirvana filtered down to rural alabama <laughs> i got a I got into it, and then me and my buddies would listen to music, and as we got a little older, you know, uh, my sister took me uh, to New York so I could see it once, and then I came back with, like, an Ani DeFranco album called Living in Clip, and so me and my buddies would figure out all these weird fucking tunings and just play Uh bizarro Ani DeFranco songs, which didn't really, you know... Nobody knew it until we got to college, and they're like, "Oh, you know both hands?" I was like, "Yes, ma'am." Can do. Bump, 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 bump. <laughs> Can do. Can do. And so it, it was weird growing up that way because there was nothing really to do. Obviously, it was pre-internet. I was trying to tell somebody the story of for a summer I lived with my father in downtown Birmingham, and I worked at a coffee shop. And so I would go to Charlemagne Records and just buy something on spec yeah. with my tips. Um, and then um, enjoy a little bit of the devil's lettuce when he was out doing whatever he was doing and then just listen to records and that's how I got into like Guided by Voices and a bunch of other things like that um, and so it that sort of helped me change but it was before the internet like that was when you would buy something just oh I think I've heard of them yeah <laughs> you know? right yeah I was just briefly man um, you know 16, 17, this was before, I'm rural Alabama. It's like we had internet and it was dial-up. It wasn't even worth getting Yeah, Yeah, no, no. You'd start downloading a naughty picture and then you'd have to wake up for your parents. Yeah, yeah I, remember, <laughs> I remember I remember when YouTube came out. Like if there was a video I wanted to watch, I'd wake up and try to buff it then. And maybe when I got home from school, yeah, it was it would be Yeah, it would be good to go. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm familiar with that. And so, you know, your digestion of music was different. That thing, and then when I I remember getting my mom to bring me up here and drop me off around the corner from um, Vital Solution that was on the strip at the time, uh-huh. and then I was so scared to go in there, like, because I was like, oh dude, these dudes are way cooler than I'll ever be. So I'd walk in and it's like, uh, what do you have in pavement? <laughs> <laughs> and then you know what's weird is it turns out. I ended up meeting most of those guys when I got down here. Elliot McPherson from the Dexteens was yeah. one of them. He worked there at the time. So did Matt Patton. Uh-huh. Um, Smiley Matt. 
Um, you know, who's with the truckers now, but obviously yeah. still with the Dex teens. Um, you know, and then it turns out they're just salt of the earth people. I mean, it was just, you know, kid shit back then of wanting so hard to feel connected, but also like it was, it just seemed so cool to me that, I mean, it, it was not that the people were making it weird. It was me, you know, my own, you know, doubts and being from Abernathy, Bucksville. Yeah. From that podunk. Like, oh. Yeah. Uh, I don't like, know. Am, am I wearing this right? Yeah. I'm trying here, guys. Yeah, I'm giving it the old college try. But <laughs> anyway, that, that did a lot to really influence me. And after that, I got down here and I uh, was uh, waiting tables at the 15th Street Diner. And I met a guy named Paul Savio. Um, and so we decided to start a band. We started a band called Chinese Dentist, which was a dumb joke from Mr. Show. <laughs> because this is also the time where Mr. Show wasn't fucking on demand. We yeah. had like VHS copies that somebody else had recorded off HBO. Like those old Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I found a pile on the side of the road the other day that was a Nebraska Nas- National Championship game and then a collection of Sanford and Sons. And so I scooped them up because we still have a TV in there that plays VHS tapes. Um, So um, we we got the name for a joke and then um, sort of started playing. And we made a bunch of, uh, you know, I met a a lot of the people that were my heroes. Like uh, Elliot from the Dexteens was in a band before that called the Phoebes, which was a really lo-fi punk rock band. And I remember parking, if I could park on a hill at my high school... I could get the uh, VUA, uh, the college rock station. And I remember hearing their song, Let's Go Satan. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dude, these dudes are so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, man. Bitchin'. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, we, I did that and then worked a bunch of jobs. Uh, and then I started Tim Bar at Egan's. And right before that, I joined a really mathy weird indie rock band here in town called Bakwai and uh, I played with them for a while and that was a lot of fun and then I sort of aged out of it you know I was like I was the only one that had like a mortgage and insurance yeah <laughs> and I was like well, you know adulthood yeah exactly um and so and then we did the Well That's Cool podcast where we tried to support music uh, which is a whole long spill of itself um and then the brewery sort of spun out of that like wanting to be a part of the community like at the time tuscaloosa didn't have a brewery uh, i wanted to be another place to where musicians could play and you know we we do brisk trade and a lot of americana but also we try to do like like i said if we find it musically valuable yeah like preacher van i mean i know that uh monk from all 1017 um he put that on, like yeah. help, helped y'all with that, finding them. But I thought that was incredible to have somebody from, you know, Georgia to swing by. It's just a way through. Yeah. Hey, play a show. Play yeah. us. Well, I mean, that's one of the things I think we got good at. And, well, and it took a lot of legwork. The bands would find out, okay, if I'm traveling from X to Y, you know, Tuscaloosa's, you know, if you're going from New Orleans to... Birmingham, Birmingham to Nashville to anywhere. If you've got a Tuesday open, like word has gotten around, like hey, this is a good quality of life. They'll take good care of you. It's also an early show. You know, our shows start at eight. Yeah, 
you know, we close at 10. You know, normally you don't even sound check uh, until um, later than that. Um, unless you're like, one time when I was in Bakwa, and I'm sorry, this is a side story, but I think it's kind of funny. Go for it. Uh, about, uh, you know, every, every bigger band I've ever played with, 99% of the time are just salt of the earth. Like Chinese Dennis won this battle of the bands. Um, <laughs> one of the two bad ones. And so it was us, <laughs> better than Ezra, and Collective Soul, right? I know. And this was like 2006, maybe 2005. This is wild, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and so I'm like, I met the better than Ezra. Like, they were coming up, and I wanted to tell them, I'm like, hey, I had this single that had this B side called Circle of Friends. And they were kind of like, yeah, sure, whatever, kid. Yeah. So played our set, and then I came to the back, and I see a guy around a a bus and I think it's like a roadie. I was like, who are you help helping with? And he goes, I'm Ed. I'm from Collective Soul. Saw your buddies drink all your beer. I enjoyed your set. And he brought me a six pack of Tecate <laughs> from his bus. And I was like Mexican beer. Yeah, I was like, fuck it, man. Say what you will about fucking Collective Soul. That man remembers like how much, you know, that means to him. Yeah. And so I'm always like now I'm like a dedicated Collective Soul defender. It's like, you know what? That was 90s rock and they did a good job. They were piss off. Yeah, um, you don't so, shit on that. <laughs> once in Bakwai, we were doing this show at Zydeco, and it was Bear Junior. You know, Bobby Bear Junior. Yeah, uh, and the Walkman, and we were opening up, and so we we're you know sort of in awe. I mean, we're, how, we're, how did all this work with like y'all with the Chinese dentist and all that? Well, kinda... the, the, the first show was Chinese dentist. The next one was Bakwai. Okay. And I, I don't remember who booked us for that. It was a show put on by Camel. That was back when the cigarette people would come to the bar. I need to let them scan your ID because you're like, fuck it, I'm drunk. Yeah. I need a pack of squares. Um, and so, we, But we were playing that show. <clears throat> we are standing in the back. We had our little cooler of high life. And somebody in the Waltman went and told security, like, there's some guys back here. And, like, we weren't bothering them. We weren't in their backstage area. Yeah. And then, so the security was like, hey, you know, y'all need to mind it. And he didn't didn't kick us out because we had partied with, uh, you know, Bobby Bear Jr., nice guy. (laughs) We had a lot of, oddly enough, plays and got it by voices now. Um, But we got so pissed, we played our show. And then as soon as the Waltman got on the stage, me and Snowden from Bakwa went backstage and drank all of their scotch and ate all of their sushi and then went to the Upside Down Plaza <laughs> just on principle. Because <laughs> I was like, come Damn on, right. guys, we weren't even bothering you. Like, at some point, you were the opening band. And that had to, you know, just been happy to be there. Yeah. You know, I think we got 100 bucks for that show. Yeah. But, you know, it was more playing. So, anyway, nine, nine times out of ten... People are just, you know, they're people. They're they're nice folks. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh, what was the bar that you just named off in Birmingham? Uh, the Plaza? No, not the Plaza. It was Zydeco. Zydeco. Uh, I was happy about Roots Fest up here. It got canceled. Yeah. I lived down in Mobile for six years. It's this band called Red Clay Strays. I had a buddy of mine call me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was getting ready to leave Mobile. And yeah, what are you doing now? I'm just sitting at the house. Get out to Dolphin Island. You have to catch these guys at the Red Clay Strays. This is back in 2017. Yeah. Red hot. And they're just getting started. You know, it's like you can tell. Uh, you can tell they were just getting started. Now it's 2020. These guys are red hot. They just, uh, they're playing Zydeco. Um, 
in July, middle of July, yeah. July in the teens, somewhere in that day. I am so glad that they're getting represented up here in North Alabama. Yeah. Right now, I think they're in Nebraska. But well, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's awesome that you know. Yeah, well, I love I mean, my Alabama folks getting out. No, no, I do too. <laughs> I love it when they when they have wings because, especially here in Tuscaloosa, one thing we ran into was that you know right when a band would get its feet under it yeah one of the guys would graduate or take a job yeah. and it, like right when they were like primed to go do well you know everything would fall apart i mean that's been you know um gold monica uh Luxy, um all these really good bands and right now tuscaloosa is a little low on bands you know it's they are I'm waiting for the punch. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for it to swing back up. I mean, because we are here for that content. I mean, that's our MO. And so I'm waiting to do it too. I mean, it's still great to get, you know, the people from Birmingham or to get, you know, I'd love to get Brad from the day, you know, to do a 13 Ghost. Best Alabama band name fucking ever. <laughs> Brad, if you're listening, get back from New York. Yeah, yeah, come on. I know you ain't happy up there building shit, Brad. We love you. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it's, but also I want like a newer generation. I want to be that place that supports people when they, when they're when coming. they start. You know, I always said that about touring bands too. Like, if nobody takes the time to show them, like, hey guys, I know you've been doing this run of shows that right now you're young enough, you don't have any responsibility. And if you make 50 bucks, that's good. But if you're playing a show with three other bands and you get a percentage of the door, I remember how that was, mm. you know. So I'm at least going to give you a guarantee. And, you know, most of our shows are well attended, but occasionally on a Tuesday night, it maybe is- it wasn't, but it's still a guarantee that you know you're going to be able to get somewhere else. X amount. Yeah, man. And that's why I've never penned a show on, like, we, we pay a uniform guarantee and we don't charge a cover. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that's what's right for us. I mean, we're getting ready to transition to a slightly bigger room. But even then, I want to keep it cover-free unless, you know, Mike Cooley wants to play here or some shit like that. Like, I got the chance to see him play a couple of times at 116, which is a really small room. Um, One time, me and Tyler, the helps me book here, were there. And uh, I put on a SantaCon in Florence because they kept talking about the SantaCon here. Hundred people wandering around the bars in Tuscaloosa, and we made it a toy drive, so it wasn't just yeah. a bunch of drunk fucks. Yeah, it was. You know, we're, we're getting toys for, you know, Turning Point, the domestic violence shelter. Um, yeah. And so I did one up there, and then at the end, I'm in this adult furry reindeer costume, <laughs> and my buddy Tyler's in like an oversized Santa costume, and the guy running 116 at the time was like, "Hey." this redneck slipped in and he doesn't like the fact that Cooley and them are being more social justice I'm afraid he's going to take a swing at him. Will you stick around and be our security? I was like, dude, I'm, I'm a yeah, yeah, I'm not going to gore him to death with my felt antlers. Yeah. Like, also, you huge know, I'm, joke. Guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm an imported person, not important. Yeah, I'm from out of town. Are there yeah. not native Florentines that could take care of this? Yeah. So me and Tyler were like, yeah, and I was like, well, it'll be the greatest story I've ever got my ass kicked while wearing a reindeer costume. Perfect. And turns out the dude wandered off, but then 
one of my favorite pictures is me and Tyler as a reindeer in Santa with Mike Cooley with his arms <laughs> around us. And I'm like, let's bring a tear to a glass eye. Um, but, you know, I've, I would like to be able to do bigger shows that maybe there has to be a tiny cover. Like, I look at music as break even. Okay. I know I'm going to lose money on a show or two. Once again, if it's a Monday or Tuesday night and it's a touring band that nobody's heard of. But also, I know that there are people that I'm going to make money on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, as long as I don't lose money all the time, I look at it as a success. Absolutely. And so just just back to the founding of the brewery, uh, just early stages, what did that look like? Was it craft beer at the house or what did it look like to acquire in this building? <laughs> well, it was weird. It like We looked around, me and my business partner, Elliot Roberts. We decided we were going to start it. We had been homebrewing in the driveway. It's just, you know, sort of dude hanging out things. And we eventually found a, um, a guy that owns the shopping center we're in now named Mr. Monfort. And he ended up being a really forward-thinking guy. When the the facility we're in now, um, it was just it was a dirt floor, and there was nine million bicycles back here because the cycle path used to be across the street. And oh so, shit! Okay, yeah, it's hot. Just dang, the uh, devils of rock and roll are here. Yeah, they are. Um, so, yeah, we we didn't know what we were doing. You know, we had never worked at any. Um, commercial or brewery you know and we were just kind of taking it by the seat of our pants but another one of our things was like hey so many people that we know that are creative that are forward thinking that are you know really the parts of Alabama that we're proud of leave because there's not the quality of life in Tuscaloosa so we wanted to do this so that there was hey if these guys can open up this and it's sort of a progressive musical oriented you know arts kind of thing then maybe my idea will stick too and that it would keep people around people always say you know Tuscaloosa and Athens or Austin and I don't want it to be I want it to be Tuscaloosa damn right but I want it to find its own footing and get away from the you know quote unquote just old south business and not that there's anything wrong with anybody that's in a fraternity, uh, but, but not just that culture. Yeah. Like, I want us to develop our own culture because there's a lot of things that if we if we give it water and we show it care, it's going to grow. Absolutely. And that, that's just one thing, man. Like, most of my 20s was spent down in Mobile. And when I moved back, this is one of the first places that folks told me about it. It's like, Alan, this is where you're going to be. This is... This is where your people are. Yeah. You know, they love music and they love craft beer. Yeah. And, and I go there and, like, just the culture that you're talking about established, it's established. Yeah. You know? No, we, we are really lucky. And that, I mean, and I'd say we're lucky, but it, I mean, it took a little legwork. Like, you have to, yeah, it you is have to stick with overnight, it. right? Yeah. Well, something like our open mic night, um, we just had a merger with Stray Tail yeah, out let's of talk Huntsville. Yeah. And it was something that was, you know, caused a lot of consternation in the scene. But the thing was, it was too much work. My business partner had a full-time job, which took a lot of time. And I was afraid. The thing that we agreed to with them is that we get their grain prices, which is like a third of what we're paying. 
Uh, we get somebody in an office that they tell us how much the taxes are, and then we mail a check. So I don't have to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So, but that saves me so much time. Uh, but the thing we really wanted was to be autonomous and be able to do our own thing. And that's something that they're like, no, we don't want another straight to hell. We want you to be able to do. You. Well, you, you're the like the reason we want to help you, and I think that you're a good part of it. So, it's actually that's why it's a partnership instead of like a buyout. Like I still make every call, like every check to every band or every tax or everything still comes out of here. It's not just coming out of there. Mm-hmm. But it gave me a little bit of a respite. To be able to like focus on everything, because I felt like I was burning the candles on both ends and the middle for you know a hot minute there, you know it was yeah. just too much to absorb. So doing that partnership, I think you know it's going to. Luckily, it really got its wheels under right before COVID. <laughs> yeah, but they were also somebody that I just called up and goes, "Hey, we're going to pay bands to." play on our Facebook and they're like that's what you think you need to do do it yeah you know and that's the you know that's the good thing about that support and you know also they're able to can our beer for the rest of the state and that our 1400 square foot that we find ourselves in you know there's just no real estate to have that I mean but as we the the new room it's not like we're going to be you know the Palisades or anything it's right. It's going to be about 4,000 square feet. We will have more than one restroom. So, you know, that'll be a plus. Right. And uh, I know it's still in the making, but uh, to answer some of Monk's questions about the upcoming party, because I know it's going to be, like, if you could if you could project who's going to be playing there. That, oh, uh, man. That, that, <laughs> that, that's going to be tough with uh, some people, but there's going to be... Um, you know, some people that we've talked about earlier yeah. for sure are going to be there. I mean, it comes into their time. I think we're lucky enough that they all want to do it and have been proud of what we've done. But it's going to be a fucking rock spectacle of Alabama and Southern music that we're proud of. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, you know, really go above and beyond to do it right and to make Tuscaloosa proud. Because, you know, that, once again, that's our whole M.O. Like, Tuscaloosa and, and the South in general, more of a grandiose statement. There's so much good. And, and you know, I think the drive-by trucker said it best that, you know, racism's been a problem everywhere. It just sounds better with a Southern accent. Yeah. Um, Alabama's not going to be exactly where I want it to be. Probably not before I shuffle off this mortal coil. Oh, probably not me either. But I have a 10-year-old daughter, and I want it to be better. And I think if we keep moving forward on what we're doing, both arts, both in racism and coming to terms with a lot of our past, I think there's real potential because there's so much good. You know, it's one thing from somebody, one thing that used to piss me off is people that would go to school here and then they'd graduate and move off to, and I want to say this, and I'm, I'm just using it as an example, they'd be in Maine. Yeah. And, and then they would, you know, sit on that, you know, Northern Ivory Tower and go, ha ha ha, look at these guys. And it's like, hey man, you've been here. You've seen that there are people that are trying to accentuate the positive parts of Alabama. 
Why, and, why don't, why don't and you bring the challenge. Why don't you get on Susan Collins' nuts for voting for Kavanaugh or something like yeah. Like or support people that are trying to affect positive change, and I don't like to get political. That that, that I'll leave that to Baines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God bless him. One of my favorite humans. Um, but you know, also uh, uh, we're just stuck in a loop. You know, we're never going to learn. We're never going to get better. And I want to see Alabama as a whole, Tuscaloosa as a community, get better. You know. So that's, you know, one of my overarching goals. Like I said, it's not going to be there um, before I shuffle off. But I hope if my daughter decides to stay here, you know, I'd sort of like it if she saw some other things. But then I want her to always feel like this is home, but I want it to be a home that she's proud of. That's it. That's it. And I know, like, when I came back from Mobile, it just goes back to that. It's like this is a place that I'm damn proud of for what you've been talking about. It's like... It's a mecca uh, scene for this. I know there are places on the strip for those bands to go play, but like, for to me, like this is well. There's not that many. This I is mean, ground especially zero. you know, we we and 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 I I even play in one now, you know. But we're no cover bands. Like I play quarterly in a really uh, it's a fun band um, called uh, Believe It or Got. <laughs> that's a yacht rock band based out of Florence. Yeah, and and it took me a little while to like come to terms with it because I used to be like a never cover band guy. Yeah, and I, I had, to, I, had I, 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 I had to take off my cool to realize like okay, <clears throat> every band I've been in, I've been emotionally connected in some way. Not that I wrote the songs, but I was there while they were being written. Yeah, I was there. Like during all these parts, and you know, went through some of the emotional roller coaster that some of the gifted songwriters that I had a chance to hang out with went through. And then I was like, man, this is just kind of fun. And nobody coming to a Yacht Rock show, they're looking for pina coladas in the fucking dance and have fun. But also, since it's based in Florence, there's some amazing musicians. Um, you know? Oh, man. Sorry, I had a beer burp. Luckily, we're at a brewery, so that's excusable. Yeah, um, like Todd Bean, like one of our guitar players, he played in Lucero for several years. Like, <laughs> like all these cats up there, are just amazing musicians. And yeah. I got a chance to like, we all take off our cool and just do something. But for the most part, like, there's a lot of places if you're a cover band, you can play. Yeah, but we really want to focus on real, yeah, original music. Yeah. And like, I think we've had one cover band, and it was a uh, replacements cover band. And I, was I like, can't fault you there. Yeah, yeah. If you're going that obscure, yeah, like man, totally on it. Yeah, yeah. Roll tight. Yeah, <laughs> all over that. Yeah, for that. But yeah, so uh, just like moving, transitioning toward the new building, and uh, on top of uh, distribution, like Druid City Brewing is going to be distributed now. Like you can. Yeah, yeah. We're we're already in every part of the uh, great state of Alabama. We, should, I mean, we're down in Mobile. Um, we're all the way up to, uh, you know, it's pretty much from the from the shoals to the coast, you know, um, doing that. But that's also through that partnership that we're yeah. able to, you know, take advantage of. But also the, the new building, right now we're in 1,400 square feet. Mm-hmm. That's with the tap room and the brewery. We have one bathroom that's a one shot. Yeah. You know, it, it just got to where... 
we needed to grow a little bit but also like I don't want a big fancy place I just wanted to be like more to where we can elbow around a little bit so we're actually just moving across the parking lot we're gonna have a tiny kitchen that's gonna do a little bit of food but you know that's also that's also gonna be a labor of love (laughs) like once again I think you know we can break even on food much like music we can give people something to eat and something they're proud of and try to source some things locally uh, you know through snow's bend and places like that then it's going to give a you know it's a feedback loop of good it's not like the bad ouroboros of like a snake eating itself it's one of those things that you want to form that of community supporting community absolutely um you know work more and lockstep with oz music that's one of the last record stores here in town um also guitar gallery it's like independently on tiny music store that my all first guitar I ever bought all of this equipment that this focus right this mic all that I could have went to Sweetwater and got it myself yeah I got it through them yeah so do so do we for our PA speakers our heads like I, can, you know, I, can, I might I, be you know, able to I, save but yeah. what's weird is you might save a dollar yeah because they're gonna give you a damn good deal yes they're not and, gonna and, fool you over no and it's supporting brick and mortar you know which is big to us so you know, we love the guys, you know, a Guitar Gallery, um, Dan and Scott that own it. And then it's trickle down. You know, you brought up Jameson earlier, Jameson and Brantley. Brantley, They yeah. both work there. Brantley, amazing musician. Yes. Uh, man, his songs will bring a tear to a glass eye. Jamo, his father was actually, well, this is what we call Jameson. <laughs> Jamo? Was my uh, ninth grade uh, history teacher at Brookwood. Is that right? I know, tiny world. But man, the amount of stuff that he's even taught me, I'd always played percussion stuff in bands, but I've always fiddled with guitar. And that's another thing about Guitar Gallery is I like going and talking to those two cats. Yeah, you know, yeah. about like, this is what I'm trying to do. And they'd be like, oh, okay. They're knowledgeable, you know? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's figure that out. Yeah. So, you know, we're lucky in that regard. I mean, we've tried to do things um, also for the community, like, hey, on Saturdays, we're going to have free barbecue. Yep. And that's one of the things that... That was, two, the, that was two or three weekends ago. Yeah, yeah. It was good, like, it's good for the guys that work here with me that helped me out. Yeah. I'm like, hey, guys, let, let's just stand around and drink beer. You know, almost like the uh, alley scene from King of the Hill. <laughs> and like, yeah, but, you know, occasionally you need to adjust a vent, like, one-fourth of an inch. You really don't. <laughs> but you can stand around and go, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> 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 and have some fun um, with your buddies. So, you know, also the food scene. I've, I've really been lucky to meet like Rodney Scott, and um, and my mind's blanking on him, but he was a really cool dude from the Southern Foodways Alliance, and a bunch of that. And so it's always got me thinking about how to support, you know, not just music and obviously local beer, which we love. But also supporting some of these people that are trying to get back to what, you know, not the Megalomart way to make another King of the Hill uh, statement. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's kind of the same thing since the whole quarantine thing. is like I've just been trying to, like, use um, my funds and everything that I have to support those businesses, you know, that, you, you know, like to support because I have a couple of my business owner friends uh they weren't able to reopen. Mm-hmm. They had to. They had to pick a new path. Well, yeah. I mean, because 
we were lucky enough and provided a product that that people still wanted, right? Not that people didn't want anything, but we were lucky enough to have graciated ourselves so much with the community here that people would take time out of their day to drive by and let us run beer out to the back of their car. Yeah. I mean, I'm not from here. I, yeah. dri- I drive to beer. I, I drive 45 minutes to be here, you know, and it's like, this is definitely you know, something Even I'm our going friends to do, that you know? run the comic book store on the other side. Yeah. And the, the tabletop gaming store. I mean, I just told you about our nerd nights of uh, oh, yeah. uh, playing D&D for team building. <laughs> you know, they it's a team building exercise, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I tell my wife. <laughs> We're definitely not just sitting around drinking beer yeah. uh, and talking dumb shit. But, you know, they weren't able to make it. You know, the mar- they were already in such a margin small, you know, economy. And we also... We're blessed with people. We started a Venmo because people kept asking me. I wasn't going to do it uh, for our staff. And our staff was able to completely weather everything and are now back to working. I mean, we're only doing patio only. Uh, we're still not open up the inside. Um, but I think one thing the COVID is going to teach people is that it's making them learn new ways to do business. I don't think curbside is going to go away. Even even after all this, because of the convenience uh, and all that, so I think we're still going to be dealing with that. Yeah. So, you know, it's you know just trying to make the parts of Alabama I think that I'm proud of proud, and to not um, let the stereotype that people. You know, because we even get some of that of people coming through here. Yeah. And it's like, no, we're not all, you know, rebel flag waving. Rednecks. Yeah. There, there's, you know, I might be a community college dropout, but I've done a lot of reading. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, you know, and, and I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm being, I'm like, over the top, but... I just want to show that there is so many good things that get drowned out. There's so many good things about the South in general that mm-hmm. get drowned out. And there's so many people that are trying to do cool things. Um, and, you know, there are people, once again, that help us. Uh, you know, I know I've said his name three times, but old Leonard Baines, God bless his heart, or the Williamson brothers that are his rhythm section. Did you get a chance to see the Black Willis show? Have not. <laughs> they did the quarantunes and it's Blake and Adam, you know, his drummer and bass, but they were in a band um, called Vesper when I first met them in 2002. And Matt Patton was their bass player. Nice. I know Matt Patton's just. He's everywhere, know, isn't he? Yeah, it's kind of like smiling Taylor. Muppet of bass. Yeah, Taylor again. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, it all pops up. And so, you know. And I guess that's the thing about our music scene like the Birmingham Tuscaloosa is like hey don't forget about us now don't sleep on us yeah yeah don't I mean mean, there's so much good and you know it's I I can't wait to get back like oh I'm so ready man yeah me and Tyler were talking about it like we want to we want to double down on this play because sometimes I think that you need to and I think people are going to be when it gets safe for people to come back out like Brantley and Jameson's band Squat is going to do a quarantines on Thursday. Definitely. And I don't know when this that. is going to come out, so... It will be Wednesday. Okay. They'll be doing it, but we're going to clear 
everything out and they're going to play a show in back here. here. Yeah, back as here. it would be. Yeah, as it, as it would be for them. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then we're going to keep gauging it. You know, numbers are so squirrely right now. They are. Like I, I just feel bad booking a band and then not knowing if we'll have it. But if we decide not to, then we're going to extend the quarantines because I think, you know, people want music and these musicians need gigs, you know, mm-hmm. especially those that that's how they make their living. Uh, we had a great guy, Asa Harris, play this past week. He has a job, but he's one of my favorite musicians. And he was like, I want you to just donate the money. You know, he didn't want it. Whoa. Yeah. I and, mean, and, and I saw the thing about the whole quarantine right now. It's like when I'm talking to my musician friends and like having them on the podcast and like just trying to like make uh, giving or Venmo or PayPal more lucrative for them, it's like, hey, it's okay. You know, that there, there are bigger horses to, yeah, yeah. to get after right now. Well, no, I mean, and that's the thing. You know, like Blake and Adam from Lee's band, from the Glory Fires. Mm-hmm. You know, Lee, through no fault of his own, and not that I'm, I know Lee personally very well. I know he's going to take care, much like I took care of my people, I know he's going to help them. But they might not have the megaphone that Lee playing a solo, you know, streaming show to where people can Venmo and tip and all that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I really wanted to get those guys on. And A, it's like a searing Southern rock set of like... Yeah, if you don't know Lee Bain and the Glorifiers, uh, there's your plug. Yeah, yeah. That, there's your thing. He's the most friendly, hydrated man in rock and roll. <laughs> You know, the first time I remember meeting Lee was at City Stages, way back in the day, and the next teams were playing. And I, they were playing early in the day, and the Flaming Lips were playing later. So, yeah. you know, it was extra weird. Yeah. But I remember Elliot McPherson walking Devil's out. Devil's Lettuce included. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Maybe psychotropics. But I remember uh, Elliot walking out in the sky with him, and I didn't recognize him at the time. And it was Lee. Uh, this is when Lee was still in the band. He goes, well, howdy, Bo. How the hell are you doing? And I was like, shit, where do I know this guy? Yeah. And his band, Arkadelphia, had played at Egan's when I'd been working. Yeah. And so we'd become Was that the friend. Arcade Fire type of sound you were talking about? No, or? no. That was Squirrel House. Okay. That was where I lost... Well, they were a Tuscaloosa band. Or, uh, Arkadelphia was not in the vein of Dexteens, but close. Yeah. They were kissing cousins. Okay. Um, his first band and then the first album there's a bomb in Gilead has Justin Colburn uh, playing bass which was in Arkadelphia with him anyway I got, I could build a family tree of <laughs> a lot of cousins and <laughs> yeah alright well let's let's move on to uh, the wonderful world of barbecue I've got hot takes Hot takes. Dude, I'm a, I'm a huge barbecue connoisseur. Um, what region of the country makes the best barbecue? Oh, man. I'm a Memphis guy. <laughs> well, you know, I think they do good. Man, that, that's such a loaded question because... Yeah. yeah I've, Kansas I've, City. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've just been on a quest to learn... The Carolinas. Yeah. A, a lot of, you know, I, I like a more vinegary sauce, which is not... You know, that's not a Memphis sauce. Um, it's 
Yes, you know, sort of hopper specific to, you know, different. North Carolina has a real vinegary sauce. It's basically vinegar and red pepper flakes. When I think black vinegar, pepper. I think the Carolinas. Yeah. Uh, and so, but also there's something like Archibald's here in town, mm-hmm. which has a real vinegar forward sauce that's a little thinner. Um, and it's so tough. You know, I've learned so much. I, I like it all. I think. For me, I mean, and you know, it's I think rooting for the home team, but I think it's a little bit more Southern barbecue, Alabama based, but I don't like sweet sauces. I think um, that can be overplayed. Um, I also think that something like barbecue can be. There's no right or wrong answer. Like it's what you like. I think a lot of it's in how you cook it mm-hmm. like because you can do barbecue that doesn't need a sauce you can uh you know that's something that i've been moving forward to and also i've been moving forward to simplification like i used to make a really intense rub that was like it's this much brown sugar this much chili powder and this much salt and then um i had a buddy and before we were taping, I was talking, he built me a Santa Maria cooker, which is a style that's indicative of uh, California, where they mostly do beef. But their rub is pretty much, it's called a Dalmatian rub. It's salt and pepper mm-hmm. with a little bit of garlic powder and maybe a tiny bit of cayenne. But I've transitioned over to applying that, not just to beef, but to my ribs and uh, my butts because I think, you know, I want the, I want to season it well, but I want the meat to be the show. I don't want to outkick my coverage. You know, I don't want to J.K. Scott it. Absolutely. <laughs> God bless you, J.K. And all your work. Oh God, he prayed with me once at a nothing but noodles in Tuscaloosa, and it was the weirdest thing that I've ever been in. Oh gosh. Well, I saw him coming through the line and I never talk to football players because they get you know pestered all the time yeah and I saw him coming through and I was there with my wife and her friend Soapy Jones that owns Left Hand Soap Company here in town they had been friends since way back in the day good plug yeah <laughs> um, great locally owned company that they made sanitizer for the school system and the hospitals when nobody could get it so you know, I've got to give them super props. props. But they also, um, I was like, oh, I shouldn't say anything. And then I was like, excuse me, JK. <laughs> I just want to go, you know, it's such a joy watching you. You punt the hell out of the ball. I haven't been this much of a fan of a punter since Lane Bearden. <laughs> yeah. Made a tackle with no ACL. Um, Hats off. Yeah. To the heart. <laughs> to the heart immediately. And he was like, oh, well, thank you. And then I was like, oh, well, that was nice. And we go back to eating. And then he comes over and goes, excuse me, can I pray with your table? And then um, Becky and Soby were pretty much like, you know, it's not really our thing. Ever. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I started this. Yeah, let's, cool. let's go through uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll go over to your table. Yeah. And then I went over there, and the guy that rang him up and me, and then J.K. Scott laid hands on us. Yeah. And then witness to us 
for about 10 minutes in between God and everybody at the Nothing But Noodles. <laughs> it was the most surreal thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I was like, yeah, that's why. Well, hands off to JK. No, no, no. I mean, he, and he was earnest. He wasn't pushy. You know, he he really wanted to do that. Like, yeah, man. Like, I'm not bashing the man for no. showing his beliefs and especially in a considerate way, you know, and, and all that. Like, that is not what I'm saying. It was just yeah. like, I was not prepared for yeah. that. You did not think that conversation <laughs> yeah. was going to lead to that. So, yeah, you know, I find barbecue as a way to sort of decompress and to get away from a lot of the stresses that's just small business ownership, right? And so I have a lot of... to step outside the brewery, right? Yeah, yeah. Just a way to like sort of get away from it for a hot second. And I've learned so much. I had a buddy named Jacob um, that I met through him coming here for football games. <laughs> and then we became... Um, really lifelong friends and then we just poured ourselves into it we went from having you know the shittiest vertical smoker to you know somehow dumb lucking our way into a really beautiful smoker um, that was made here in Tuscaloosa and yeah we, we just like to cook when we can and I think it also you know, on a Saturday, like, hey, let's cook. And then people that come in can have something to eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's beautiful, but it's also not completely altruistic. Like, people that eat are going to have more beers. <laughs> True, because they can hold more beers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it was, it's something, and then just getting fascinated about the science of it. Like, um, we were outside earlier talking, and I was talking about an article I read about the stall when you're doing pulled pork. Um, and how that's evaporation and all these sciencey things. And that just triggers something that's still a learning thing in my mind. So, you know, every time I cook, uh, I learn something new. Um, I've gotten to cook with a lot of really smart people that have taught me a lot. Um, and so, you know, it's something that we do for fun. And I think even when we have the kitchen and the new facility... Like, one night a week, I just want to give the staff off, and it'll be, like, $1 pork slaughters or something like that. Yeah. That it's just, like, hey, like, come in. Have a sandwich with me. Yeah, ha- have one of those. Uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but there's a hero in Tuscaloosa that goes around to bars at about the yeah. midnight hour. Mr. T. Uh, what's Luce's uh, sister bar? Is it the Grey Lady? No, Alcove. Alcove. But the, uh, the Grey Lady, I too. Bought, I bought, yeah, I bought a sandwich. And it's a life-changing sandwich if you're buying it at that time. It, it definitely is. <laughs> yes, it was like one in the morning. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I need, uh, yes. Yeah. And so Mr. And T. Like, I didn't know what to make of it at first. Like, yeah. people, if you're ever having a drinking experience here in Tuscaloosa and, like, this guy approaches you about having a sandwich... Take it. Yes, take it. Mr. T does good work. He's an African-American gentleman that looks fly as fuck. Yeah. And He's a got sandwich. this cooler full of sandwiches. Uh, yeah, just a, just a commando bag of sandwiches <laughs> yeah. that's ready to satiate the people that need it. So, you know, that's sort it's of... It's more convenient than Waffle House. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> like, hell yes, you can have four to, right now. Yeah. <laughs> Two, please. Two. I'm buying one for her. Yes. And for him. Yes. Fuck it. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> um, and so, you know, I don't know. I've 
I don't pretend to be a master of barbecue. We do some competitions, but that's more of a thing for me and the guys that help me here. Yeah. To have something to like, hey guys, let's do something out of the brewery. Like let let's bond a little bit. Let's listen to some like fucking Bob Seger. <laughs> hey, oh yeah, get them Hollywood nights going. Yeah, brings a tear to a glass eye every time. <laughs> or some Marshall Tucker band, you know. So, yeah. I always say my buddy uh, Ronnie Lee Gibson, Little Bo, that's in about five hundred bands. Looks like he used to be a fucking roadie for Marshall Tucker band, <laughs> and he always has a different shitty piece of PV equipment. Every band I've ever been in is like it's like his van just generates them. And they always sound yeah, and they always sound like a wet fart during sound check. <laughs> and then you know, like he'll hit them like twice, and by the time the show starts, it sounds like Grand Funk Railroad, yeah, like tone playing. It's like, fucking I hey, why you got that out of <laughs> yeah, like, All right, yeah, that my Mississippi first, Marshall's first, doing you well. <laughs> my first uh, amplifier was the PV, and right after, like, I started playing with other people who played with electric guitars and amplifiers, and they were playing Fenders and Marshalls, and I was like. Oh, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> but were you? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't there, either. There, but there is a sound that you can get out of a PV. Uh, yeah. That you can't you know find what? anywhere and, else. And sometimes that shit's indestructible. Like you can drop it off the side of a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it still sounds right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, that that's what a minute. That's one of the things about Barbecue, and I think it's also such a linchpin of community. You know, even before I knew, when I was a kid, before I knew about, you know, Southern Foodways, all this great stuff. Uh-huh. Um, hey, I, I have a really weird memory of helping a cousin move and then my family and two different trucks, and there'd be four people in the back of the trucks going to the original Dreamland. I'm getting a sandwich, and I was like, 10, maybe. I don't know. I'll have to check the uh, date of the next reference. But then I remember they, we all decided we were going to go see Total Recall. And I was just at the age that the three-boobed woman just gave me, like, there was just a wondrous new vision of, so like, like, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, I'm 11, and I'm confused, but I just ate all this barbecue, and so, but also things like the churches and the fire departments doing like Boston butt sales and having yeah. pulled pork. And, you know, so, you know, I got more of that. The pulled pork being like, hey, this is something that you can eat and do it up yourself. And whether if it's your aunt that takes, you know, shitty craft barbecue sauce and squeezes two lemons into it and then puts it on the can or if it's you know something that's different it's more about barbecue is a lot about community that's the thing man Um, it kind of builds right into this culture yeah and and so I think that's why we gravitated towards it naturally yeah is having like well it just seemed like a natural fit like Mm -hmm. we're already trying to build an inclusive community we're already trying to support original music. We're trying to do things with the MFA program about reading. Uh, well, not just reading. Readings to where people would read their uh, poetry and stuff. We would put it back here because 
um, and just for y'all at home, we're we're in the brewery itself, which yeah. is a different room than the yeah. than the tap room, and that way people could sit here and listen, but also people wouldn't be ordering beers and stepping on it. I mean, the same with comedy, like we want people to be able to do comedy, but without you know people stepping all over you know their set, so. Um, away from the bar. Yeah, yeah, get it away because also I don't want people that are here just to drink and hang out with their friends to feel like they're being. Yeah, it's like I gotta listen to this. And yeah, yeah, this. yeah. I mean, I just came here to have have a couple of Coltons. Yeah. So you know, it, 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 everything has been a learning experience. I mean, like like life, like it should be, is that you know you figure out what's going on and then you try to make the best of it. So. That's how barbecue basically fit in was like, hey, man, let's do this on weekends. Let's give it a shot. It'll be something that'll be fun. And, you know, it's almost the same as paying bands. Like, yes, you're not selling it. But also more people are going to come here and support it. Mm-hmm. We also always make sure that we have um, vegetarian options. Hell yeah. Um, because, you know, sometimes that's something that people that have chosen that, like, if they go to a bar cookout, there's never anything for, for them. them. So we try to keep... Like, well, uh, we got bread. Yeah. Great. And yes. And we, we, we try to do corn on the cob and uh, Beyond Sausages or something like that. Tell a little bit about that damn cabbage, man. <laughs> man, so this is the first time shit. we've done it. So you, you get you get some cabbage, preferably from a local farmer, and where the stem is, you, you, you cut it out in like a cone. You pull that out, you shake some uh, Cajun seasoning in it, whatever's your favorite, and then you just jam a whole stick of butter. Right in the ass. Right in the ass. Like, like, <laughs> butt stuff. Yes, butt like, You know, it, it's, it's an aggressive play. Um, <laughs> And then what I found this past weekend is we had two big heads of cabbage. We did that. I let it I let it uh, run in the cooker for about an hour, and then I just tinted it with aluminum foil, and the cabbage just basically falls apart. Uh-huh. And the whole stick of butter and that Cajun seasoning permeates everything, and then it's just such a beautiful side item, like to have like something as simple as a couple of heads of cabbage. Can you know feed so many people, and that's and to me know. like cabbage, man. It's almost like that side item that could be taken for the the main course. Yeah, uh, if, it, if totally. it's done right, it's done right. Or when you when you get to that point, like we're about to be, uh, I have people with uh, you know squash coming out their ears right now. So you get an aluminum pan, you you dice up your uh, squash in little slices, and then a couple of Vidalia onions. Put a half a stick of butter in it and just put it in your cooker, smoker. Yeah. Let it think about what it's done for a couple hours. Uh, they'll get all soft, and then you just mix in a, uh, approximately a half cup of Parmesan, a cup of cheddar, and a half cup of uh, sour cream. Stir it all up, and then just crunch up some Ritz crackers on top and slide it back into your cooker, and then it'll just start bubbling, and it'll be... It, Delicious. So there's ways to make side items and stuff like that, which has been a fun thing to experiment with. Like it doesn't just have to be meat sweats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's more. 
And dude, uh, it's not paid advertisement, but damn it, it should be Frito Lay, you damn pickle Doritos. <laughs> so the, the, I, I had to go buy pipe cleaners uh, for my daughter for something at a family dollar, and yeah. so I'm sitting in line wearing my mask, being a good human and shit. And then I just look over, and it's just me and this bag of sparkly pipe cleaners. <laughs> Here we go. Pull it closer. <laughs> right. And then, you know, the line's pretty big, and they're like, why is this, like, 40-year-old silver-bearded, you know, <laughs> portly dude that looks like a personified Hershey's Kiss with shower <laughs> air glued on him fucking buying pipe cleaners? And I was like, now he's eyeballing these Doritos. <laughs> yeah. He must be high. <laughs> <laughs> so I grabbed that bag, and then I ate one on the way home, and I was like, Oh, these are good. And the next day, I've been trying to walk my big butt. Like uh, five to seven miles a day, I just get out. It's amazing how much your uh, feet are connected to your head a lot of times. And so it's a really great way to deal with stress. It's a really great way to, like, just get your head right. And so I I found my greatest thinking and my greatest music listening to be had on walks. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's not like you need to set a land speed record, but I walk like I'm moderately late. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just does. College so, effort. Yeah, it does so much for my noodle. And so on that walk, at one point, I was like, "Holy shit! Wait, what if we use these tangy pickled Doritos? I saw that barbecue tweet. nachos. <laughs> I saw that tweet, and I went to the quickest barbecue I could find and bought those chips. And I was like, I'm about to have a party right here yes. And it was a party worth having. Yes. Because it's like, okay, this is like a barbecue sandwich. Or like ultimate stoner food. <laughs> that's not the tail of the tank. Now, it, that that's not my bag anymore, and I'm not just saying that for the thing. I mean, I don't dissuade anybody from like, hey man, you be you. Whatever we can do to get through these troubled times. Um, but um, I was like, oh my god, I had a vision. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the, the angel of, have come down. Uh, yeah, the the angel of Gaffieri. <laughs> <laughs> Flavor Town. <laughs> I'm about to take you to a place. Yes. So, yeah, man, that that was, and it turned out to be fun. It was fun to market it. You know, like, hey, guys, we're doing this crazy thing. I mean, and also, you know, I want people to know that we are being, you know, cognizant and really smart. That's why we're doing just patio only. And yeah. while we're encouraging that, like, we don't feel like this is ended for us and it's not going to be ended for a little while but we also realize that sometimes the mental well-being of being able to do it safely and away from people at least on a patio um and or curbside was you know something that was worth doing so you know all jokes aside like man like be safe guys let's get these numbers down because if there's not football what are we gonna do yeah man i just my fall. Will we got to give Nick Saban the ass to get in. <laughs> for the for the first time, you know, uh, I always tell people my first memory of Alabama football. I'm 40 years old. I was born in 1979 in October. Um, 
was the Van Tiffen kick. Oh. In 1986, I remember running around. I was at a party with my parents. And I was running around, and there's a bunch of other kids. And then I came in, and everybody was just like, you could feel the collective asses being clenched in the room. And this is back when TVs were like, oh, yeah. A piece of furniture, like a console TV. Oh, yeah. You know, the wood whole paneling. Thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I laid down on the ground and I watched it. And then they, uh, Van Tiffen. Uh, kicked that field goal and we we beat Auburn Um, and so ever since then I've been a dedicated Alabama fan of like knowing rosters and oh yeah I've got a friend he's an Auburn fan and I can't tell you he has made three of my so called Alabama friends cry at night because he knew the death chart better than they did yeah you know, you got to do the legwork. You know, one thing before I started this full time, I had more. What's weird is I had more time that I'd be in front of a computer doing my job, and I had more time. And I'd go, oh, I'll just dot over to like every day should be Saturday or some other like yeah. you know twenty four seven or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, now that I'm doing this full time, like I realize that I don't have as much time. It's like. Uh, my dad bath time is when I do it. You know, like, oh, guys, I need to go get clean. Yeah. And that's like my hour of zen where I'll either play video games, catch up on news, listen mm-hmm. to artists. Um, question for you. Have you listened to the new Phoebe Bridgers album? Have not, dude. I you know, I know I- she's not, like, Southern or anything, but I've been... Um, I've been really proud of that one. You're it's not the first one. person to ask me about it. I've got to get on that. I've been uh, like Cornelius Chapel. I want to plug them again. They put out people years and like uh, I'm going blank on some of the things that they've dropped well, since also, quarantine. They've been on fire lately. They have. I mean, and you have to double down on that, I think, at this point. I mean, much like us doubling down on like, hey, we're going to support it like Hey, now is the time that people are uh-huh. ready to listen to music. I mean, and Will Stewart's been on it. Oh man, Will's an awesome dude. So Will back in the day was in a band called the Dancing Outlaws. Tell me about this. Okay, it was him and Bo Hembry. That was from the Hipsies, and is now I think he's in Nashville doing some stuff. Phenomenal guitar player. He is. But Will is the friendliest motherfucker that I've ever met smart as a whip and uh, <laughs> man they were we, we had a running thing for a little while Chinese dentist held the record for the most money at the door at the booth when the booth was on the strip <laughs> yeah and then they won up to us and then we we we, we were like oh that's home cooking <laughs> but they you know they they did a bunch of uh, alt country covers at that time yeah but Will's music right now it's, it's on a it's different never level. Been better. No, it's it's on a different level, and it's somebody that we we had talked to about trying to come down because I mean he's still even though he gets platitudes and everything, still one of the friendliest dudes I've ever met, uh, and his Twitter is worth a follow. There you because go. Because he's <laughs> he's an hilarious human and. Uh, <coughs> No, man. His music, uh, I hope to get him here soon. You know, maybe he'll still cool guys if he gets big. Um, but, you know, in Cornelius Chapel, Austin Lucas, who has come through here a couple of times from Indiana. 
Um, but also, uh, when I first saw him, he was opening for Lee Baines mm-hmm. at the Green Bar, and, and it was just him and a guitar. And he came out and just put on the show that just... Like, I remember standing there, and it was like when I was 15 and saw Ben Harper at Five Points Music Hall, and I was real high when I saw Ben That's Harper. That's the only way to see Ben Harper. Yeah. <laughs> Burn one I, I, I felt like I was a sheet in the wind for another lonely day. I was like, I feel you, man. I'm right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm there, man. Um, and so I remember seeing him, and it just spoke to me. And so him being on the label, you know, Elliot McPherson's involvement in that. Uh, is it some of the guys in Vulture Well? I forget who else is involved in that. But, you know, the whole Vulture Well, Wes McDonald, and, the like, all those cats out of Birmingham that have been doing it for so long. Like, when I saw Pavement at Five Points Music Hall, I think there's a band called Verbena. And there was a Birmingham-based band that I think Wes was in. But also, I was young and really high, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Mem- memory. It's not there. Yeah, voices carry. <laughs> As Amy Mann once said. Well, man, uh, you ready to walk this thing on out the door? Yeah, let's go ahead and walk it, man. I gotta go deal with some other brewery stuff, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Oh, I'm, I, I'm sorry you. if I've hey, rambled enough. No, thank you for taking the time, man. Like I said, this uh, this is a special place in Tuscaloosa for me man it's a huge appreciation for what you do not just the beer but just for your appreciation and love for music and just well, love for community well no and that means a lot to me and, and that's I mean once again I'm super proud of the beer we make but also I'm super proud of the community that we have here that goes above and beyond and amazes me every day we're lucky to have that and once again we're we're in it to win it to make Tuscaloosa proud. There you go. We ain't going to fucking change. Ain't never going to change. Uh, as them truckers once said. Um, you know, Shauna's come down here and played a couple of times. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was always kind of like... I met her when she was still with the truckers at the uh, Bama Theater. Yeah, there's never been a band that worked harder than them. Yeah. Like, I, when are they not on tour? Yeah, well now yeah or, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was like the first time in its history you know? yeah yeah no, no doubt well, like i said um uh, you know and those guys you know I, I didn't get into the truckers um i know this is b-roll material until a little bit later you know it wasn't i didn't get into them right when southern rock opera came out i but, got into them like two years uh and then isbel left that's yeah. that's my timeline with them yeah well yeah and i and remember you got so much to go back on and now you have so much to yeah you know because they've been forward. at it forever it seems yes like. it does um you know that's weird because a lot of my songs are still you know i met jason was it for the bicentennial no no Before this that? was right when he left the truckers okay. at egan's whoa so he had he had come in. Uh, he had just left the truckers, or got asked to leave. Like, don't know the story. Yeah. Not my circus. Not my monkey. Yeah. Um, not gonna and, try it. Yeah. Uh, and so he had left, and it's a Saturday at Egan's, and there wasn't nobody there. There's this guy named Roger that looked like literally the personified version of Moses, like sitting at the bar. And then Jason Isbell walked in, and I, I sort of knew who he was, but I didn't. 
And he was playing at Galette. What? The super fraternity baseball, but the guy that managed Galette's at the time loved his music. Yeah. And so he was playing down there. And so we sat around and we drank Budweiser's and did some shots and listened to old country music. Yeah. And, it, you know, it was a hell-raising time. And so then the um, Oxford American did the Year of Alabama Music. And so and they did a show at the Bama Theater. Mm-hmm. And Jason was playing. And I remember looking up to him and going, uh, Hey, Jason, you might not remember me, but we, we partied at Egan's this day. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, and... and he was still perfectly nice, but it sort of looked like he was distancing himself. Yeah. I was like, man, that's weird. And then, um, St. Paul and the Broken Bones are playing at the Amphitheater in Ben Tanner from and 160. Also, and also, Jason's brother plays in that band. Don't he play bass in St. Paul's band? Does he? I didn't know Jason yeah, had it, a brother. Somebody's brother plays in, yeah. No, because the guy that plays bass in it is. It's not the bass. It could be somebody else. It could be like a piano player. Um, I'm not sure, but Ben Tanner from the Shakes was playing keyboards with him right when they started their open up for uh, uh, John Mayer. Of all people. And so they at the, needed. At the, at the amphitheater? Yeah, at the amphitheater. Yeah. And they needed the source of Leslie cabinet, you know, one of those cabinets that the yeah. speaker rotates and shit in. Because he wanted to drive a car. And I was like, yeah, I think I can find you one. So I found him one, and then you know drinks are happening, we're hanging out, and then I tell the story about yeah the last time I saw Jason, and then it turns out their manager was also Jason's manager, and she was like, well you know he had just recently quit drinking, and then I played everything back in my head, and I was like hey Jason remember when we were drinking and I was drinking and how much fun we had drinking and there's a story yeah and then I felt like the world's biggest butthole yeah like, I mean obviously he distanced himself yeah yeah, yeah 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 I mean and he, it was like freshly sober Jason yeah like and I felt I mean I, I think he knew that I wasn't like I didn't come at it as like yeah let's do triple shots and yeah. party like but still you know I knew that it was fresh in his time and the and the amazingness that he's done you know both of being a denizen and someone from Alabama makes me so proud. <laughs> Damn proud of Jason. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, uh, even the dumb Yacht Rock band, uh, like Chad Gamble, his drummer, played with us when we were doing a Christmas show up in Florence for like two songs. And yeah. I, was, I was almost fangirled. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe this? This guy behind me? Like, hey, oh, hey, bud. Hey. I mean, I, I'd sort of look like Jimbo Hart's brother. <laughs> <laughs> Jimbo Hart, you're really cool. One day we'll hang out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, sorry for the addendum uh, tales. No problem. Um, but uh, yeah, man, we're uh, we're just here trying to give it uh, our go and try to make people proud. So if you see some shows here, like come out. We're really nice folks. And I concur. We're out of here. Drew City Brewing. I had Bo Hicks. We're in the heart of Tuscaloosa. Roll damn tide. Roll tide. The honey bun scented bingo wing of Dixie. <laughs> Got that right. <laughs> We're out of here. One, two, three, go. One, two, three, go. News and notes.
If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would write and review the show on whatever podcast app it is you listen to on. Tell your friends and family about it. Share it with a friend and tell them that we're on every podcast app that's imaginable. We're on YouTube. Follow us on the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitters, whatever is applicable to you. You go there. All right. So with Drew City Brewing, follow them. Also, you can get up to date with everything going on with the curbside and hours and what bands are going to be playing these quarantines and check out that open mic scene on Sunday evenings. It starts on Instagram with Jameson Hubbard. Yeah, you just follow Druid City Brewing and you'll see what's up. That Tuscaloosa music scene. We're going to walk the thing on out the door with Taylor Hollinsworth. Tap Dancing Daddy. Off of his latest album, Tap Dancing Daddy. Peace out, guys. Thank y'all so much.
inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.